0: Hello everyone, this is Ian, and you know what that means. It's time for another Ian Hates Music Conversation edition. I'm feeling a little under the weather again, so we're going to keep this intro short. And look, you're not here to listen to me talk, you're here for the special guest. And I am very happy to announce that the special guest tonight is none other than Matthew Tybor of the Bunny the Bear. Anyone who knows me, who has listened to the show knows that I am a huge fan, and it is really great to have one of my favorite vocalists from one of my favorite bands be on the show. Matt's new album, The Way We Rust, comes out Friday, March 17th, on Needful Things Records. I can't wait for this album, and obviously we talk a lot about it in the conversation with Matt, so let's get right to it. We're going to start with the first single off The Way We Rust. It's called Love Lies. Enjoy. (music) you <music> Welcome back everyone I am here with Matt Tybor of the band The Bunny, The Bear Matt, I know we should probably break the fourth wall on this And Deadpool this a bit This is probably, what, the fourth time we've tried this?
1: Um, Yeah, I don't know, probably It's gotta be at least,
0: right? Somewhere around there But I'm happy to finally be able to talk to you And to go over everything It also sounds like we're both over our sicknesses possibly as well
1: uh-huh. Yeah, I am as of now, but we'll find out because, like, my girlfriend just got sick.
2: Oh, no. Like,
1: yeah, so I don't know, and it's a whole different sickness. I had that tour sickness, and I came home, and then we had to fly to Detroit for a private wedding that we played. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got sick there, so she got that Michigan illness, hop right back out, and we'll find
0: out. Gotcha. Well, I hope for the best at least. I hope that's not something completely new. But since you did bring it up, I did see that on social media. What's that like playing a private wedding?
1: Um, it was interesting. Originally, I mean, literally like four days before our tour ended, a fan reached out asking to play a wedding. Uh, it was supposed to be the actual reception. Um, as it turned out, we wouldn't have fit with all our gear and everything. So they kind of rented like a hall for right after reception. So it was technically like playing a wedding, but it was like a post reception show. It, It was weird. I don't know. It was interesting. Uh, I mean, it was fun. It wasn't miserable, but it was definitely a little awkward.
0: I would imagine so. Just reminds me, I mean, maybe this is hack, but it reminds me of your music video. Did they make you do that at all? Oh, no, no. Okay. No. There's wanted- nothing
1: like the video no. Just nothing. wanted to make sure. No, I didn't I wasn't I wasn't uh it up with a grand piano, so it was, lot, it was a lot sloppier, more punk rock
0: than that. There we go. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing that you can do. It gives me hope that if I ever get married, that I will be able to actually get a good band to play at the wedding.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, why the hell not? I mean, just so you know, if you ever get married, I can you know, I can technically marry you. I'm technically Reverend Matthew Diver. So. Are you really? Oh, no. No, I can actually marry you. Yeah.
0: How did I'm that happen? Vain.
1: I just felt like doing it one day.
0: Take me through that process a little bit. Is that something that's ridiculously easy? Is that like going over the oh, internet or something?
1: It's pretty ridiculously easy. It's not even worth going over the process, but it's pretty easy. I mean, a little money involved, but it's pretty simple. Um, you know, and I, I, and I just thought it would kind of be funny because my dad's actually a pastor and he's been a pastor for I don't even know how long now. So I just thought it would be a nice little thing that, you know, kind of, you know, pick at him a little if I could <laughs> my I can marry people too. I know it pisses them off a little. So little funny little funny games, but I literally did it for no reason. Like I've been ordained for I think at least a year now. I've been even and I keep forgetting that I can marry people and stuff, so I don't even remember at times. So um, <laughs> it really was just a random act.
0: So Your resume just continues to grow.
1: Oh I know, right? Published author, friggin' musician, For frig, you know, now nah, I got it. Yeah.
0: yeah. that's that's absolutely crazy. Do you have anything next on your list, or is it just something on a whim? You'll oh, just go yeah, do you
1: know, yeah, no, I'm in the process of becoming an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> See, the no, thing I, is, I can't even tell if you're serious or not. You don't know if I'm serious or not. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, dude, I don't even like roller coasters, so I, I, I would not be able to handle it.
0: But man, that's actually that's pretty awesome. I was not expecting that for sure.
1: Yeah, it's something.
0: Well, let me ask you this, too. When we had started talking before, you were doing... I believe it was South Carolina or North Carolina. Then you went to Aurafest in Georgia. How'd that stuff turn out?
1: Yeah, we actually yeah, we had a few shows before I tried speaking the first time. Um mm-hmm. and then we were in South Carolina and I think yeah, I think after that we just had the Aurafest and then we were home. But no the, all the shows were really good. They were killer. Um we uh brought a camera crew and stuff took some footage, which is already all set up. So we have a we're gonna be putting out a new music video, it's gonna be all consisting of live footage like footage from the shows of that tour um probably i would think soon because new album drops soon so i would yeah. think by at least the, the release date i think we would drop it but i don't know i'm kind of out of the loop right now I'm <laughs> on top of things if you have not been able to tell
0: you seem to have no free time it's just from beginning to end of the day for you
1: it seems like it yeah it's like and it's like i guess from an outside perspective you would think all i have is free time i think my girlfriend even thinks that you know but um <laughs> Like, no, but I feel like, I don't know, but it's just my brain. Like, it's like weird because I do have free time, but I feel like when I have like an hour of free time, I don't spend it correctly. <laughs> I don't know. Gotcha. <laughs> I do have a lot going on, though. You know what I mean? I think I'm just mentally exhausted and just physically exhausted currently. So I'm just uh, trying to get back in the swing of the schedule and actually pacing myself to get to the things I have to get done done. Because I feel like I have so much that I have to do that. I don't end up getting any of it done because I'm a procrastinator and I sit there and I get overwhelmed easy. So, <laughs>
0: gotcha. <laughs> I was looking back at some of the past, and I don't even know if you know this or not, but from 2010 to now 2017, when The Way We Rust is coming out on March 17th, you have released a full length album every single year except for 2016.
1: Yeah. Um, from 2016 but i mean to be fair i think i mentioned that last time when we had a failing of uh, communication but um with our interview attempts but um (laughs) i uh i did put out a few albums this year though i mean i put out a rarities one and a rarities two which were both kind of compilations of past unreleased material and alternative versions of songs that were never released um i also put out the bunny the bear remastered which is a remastered version of our original uh 2010 full length so i mean i did put some substance out but nothing that took like studio work um we were in the studio i mean the this record the recording the way we rust i mean it was done like it was virgo so i could have released it on 16 but we just finished like i just finished my contract with victory Records, and i wasn't really sure if i was self-releasing or and i was kind of talking to multiple labels and so i really didn't have you know the right uh backbone you know like kind of setting to uh really release it if i wanted to release it decently and actually for it to reach people right. um and, and i think it's a killer album so i really didn't want to rush it so i think it's the first time i you know just kind of finished it up and uh just kind of laid it back and just let it sit there for god knows how long since last summer you know
0: yeah it's almost been a year right
1: yeah probably
0: that's crazy Oh. Well let me ask you this and we briefly went over it before with one of the previous recordings of this. How did you decide to go to Needful Things for this? Because aren't you the first signed band for the label?
1: Um yeah. Um yeah. Actually, um I was speaking to a few labels and one of the ones I was talking to about releasing, um, we kinda of, I don't think we were really on the same page. This wasn't gonna work out. Um and then I had speak I'd spoken to like uh, one of the owners of that label. I'm not really sure how I don't think I can really go into detail about it. But oh, um, sure, sure. as far as that, like um as far as who it is stuff. But um I'd worked out kinda of, we were talking about a distribution deal and this and that. I mean, we were, we we just were gonna distribute through a label, a um, pretty well known label. Mm-hmm. And then uh kinda of last minute they kinda of threw a little curveball in there and had a new idea and they talked about it, you know, the one guy who wanted to start a you know another label up. Um and kind of wanted to launch it, you know, based off of just the money there and this and that, and kind of build it from there, you know, adding right. artists to kind to of be like the cornerstone for you know the label dropping and such. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, everything sounded good, you know, um, good people, good atmosphere, very kind. So, it uh, it just worked out, I guess.
0: Yeah, I've been doing some work with them, obviously, to talk to you, and it seems like they're behind this 100%. Was that something that appealed to you to kind of be that building block for the label to kind of prove yourself on another label and kind of show people you've been doing this for a long time and this is what you do?
1: Uh Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, being the focused artist for the time being was, you know, a very attractive element. Um, you know, it's always hard with the label, especially <laughs> a label like Victory where it's like, um, you know they have so many artists they can only shift the focus you know they have they can going spread it out so far you know right they can't always put all the time and energy that you may feel like you need to get to the point you want to be at or this and that um so is you know dang that's one of the attractive elements of it mm-hmm. and of the offer was that we were going to be a primary focus and i know that they have you know the backbone and uh you know connections and you know the experience the you know do what i was hoping i could you know um, right so yeah it, it's nice you know not having to worry about being sidelined at certain times and this and that and you know with the, all the focus being on one thing you know that being the bunny to bear
0: absolutely so now with the way we rust coming out on march 17th what is your state of mind you've had it done for almost a year now what changes for you once the album actually gets out there for everybody
1: I, I mean, I don't think much will at this point because it's been done for so long, you know? True. Um, as far as, like, I don't know if you're speaking of, like, a mental level, like, my, you know, my mental well-being or what my mind placement at this current time. You I know? think, I don't know. yeah,
0: let's go with that one.
1: You know, Um. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was in an interesting place mm-hmm. Um, when writing The Way You Rust. Um, I had just stopped drinking. I don't even know if, did I... It, yeah, because we put the AA thing, yeah, it's the intro, but, oh, but I was when I first started recording it, Yeah, my girlfriend just reminded me, when I first started recording it, I was still, I was still lush and a half. Yeah, so actually, when I first started a few of the songs on there, you know, I definitely recorded pretty intoxicated, Um, and then I had, you know, just quit drinking, and then started attending AA meetings, mm-hmm. and so the mindset throughout the album changed pretty severely.
0: Interesting, um, okay.
1: And, you know, and I think, you know, I, you know the place I was in, in a lot in pretty much every element of my life, I, guess, I mean, every aspect as far as, you know, that my relationship with my girlfriend, this and that, you know, there were some things that we were going through. And, you know, I just think things are a lot different now, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I am mean, now I'm, you know, 10 months dry and uh, easy easy peasy. I haven't went to AA meeting. I don't even know how long. I went for like two months and just stopped. Um and you know i don't have any issues with that i'm no problem being around booze um and yeah and the things with me and her are a lot better than they were at that point too so i mean there's a lot of a lot of uh it's a big it's a severely different mindset i guess in the album than i am am in now you know um it's weird though i mean listening to it now i still can i can easily feel that way you know i mean if i listen to any of those you know certain tracks on there Mm -hmm. um on the way for us like easily put me right back in that place um Just, you know, the way I felt, I think I was very, uh, very, I don't know, crawling through a dark tunnel at that time in every aspect of my life. Um, And there's other things i had gone through, too, Um, I I was going through at the time, you know, not even doing with booze, but other elements that I just... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I'm in a very different place, so it's just it's a totally out polar opposite, almost, almost, almost. You know, some of the some of the demons I talk about on the album, I still struggle with, mm-hmm. um, and some of them I don't, and you know, and some of them, you know, I don't even remember what it felt like to struggle with. So, you know, it's just it's it's different.
0: That's interesting. Well, first off, congrats on being able to do that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm. I mean, it's weird because. I was always strange. Like I never, uh, I never really drank at home. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: ever, you know, like I would like, if we went out like to the casino or something like that, I drank, but I was one of those people who, when I did drink, I was, there wasn't really an end to it. And I'm not really a nice drunk. Oh, okay. Um, not at all. I'm just very verbally mean and just very all crazy and all over the place. Um, but I, uh, it's weird because like, at home, I never drink. Um, you know, I didn't need to drink every day. I could go weeks without drinking,
2: mm-hmm. but it
1: was on tour. Like, every show, I don't think, you know, I don't think in the last 10 years, there was very few shows, less than a handful, that I had played, um, you know, without downing, like, you know, 30 drinks before going on stage. Absolutely. So, um, it's so at 10 times, like it was hard, but at the same time, it's really not because I was used to not drinking too. And it was more hard just going back into playing shows again, not drinking because I'm not used to being in that environment without being intoxicated, you know, right. like usually, even if we got to a venue at noon, you know, I would start drinking and we play at 11 o'clock and I wouldn't stop, you know what I mean? Until yep. we paid. So it's just weird. I guess socializing. I still, I think I'm still having trouble with that. Um,
0: like the actual, like people coming up to you at the merch table, stuff like yeah. that.
1: Like I find myself at times like thinking things like, Oh, I got to get out of here. Like I try to like be nice and cause I've always been very social with my fans and you know, yep. their friends, but I still find myself becoming extremely overwhelmed, extremely easy, mm-hmm. easily. Like I can't socialize and hold the conversation. Like I used to, and I feel rude, but and I feel kind of bad for thinking it. Like, I'm like, Oh, I gotta cut, I gotta be polite and cut this conversation off and retreat. But I'm just still at that place. I think where I'm just not comfortable. Um, in that aspect, I'm really anxious before a show and stuff like that. Oh, so it's really? Like, I think I'm, you know, I'm still at that place where I think I just need a really, um, I think everything will come in time. But as far as the drinking thing, it's been easy not to. It's an extremely easy oh, that's surprising good. thing. And, and I'm saying that now, watch, wow, like two months from now, I'll like end up <laughs> like totally like blowing it all or something. No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not like it's. You know, it feels like it's that easy, but who knows? I guess you know, one thing can happen one day and puts me in a certain mood or mindset, and God knows it might be the hardest thing in the world that day. So, you know, I shouldn't really talk like it's that much, like it's that like easy of a thing. But uh, you know, it almost sounds cocky and arrogant. But um,
0: for each their own though.
1: Really hard, yeah. I suppose so.
0: You brought up a good point about you know day shows and going to venues that have alcohol, and I've seen you live. Probably around four times, I think, and the last time I saw you was when Haley was in the band, and you were in Cambridge, right by Boston, playing the Middle East.
1: It was like one o'clock or something. What? It was like a noon show almost. Yeah,
0: it was a very early in the day. I think the last three times, possibly, that I've seen you, it's been those early day shows.
1: Yeah, those are never
0: fun. I just wanted to ask you about that, not necessarily the one with Haley, that was the last time I saw you, but the last time before that. Do you remember that you were here in Cambridge, in Boston, when the Boston bombing happened?
1: Oh, yeah. I remember. how I was was drunk and loving the show, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, It was interesting. I mean, I don't think I really even... um, it was close too, right? It didn't happen pretty close by. It wasn't that far.
0: Yeah, no, it's only based on where the venue is. You're only uh, two T stops away.
1: Oh well, oh, well, then. Yeah, I remember it being close. Um, and I don't think I really comprehended it really too much, probably because I was drunk. Um, but I mean, I like, comprehended it, but not like I guess the severity because I really wasn't watching the news or anything at the time. Um, oh, sure until like after but yeah i remember and i remember you know people running on the streets crying and stuff and in certain areas where we were leaving i was seeing a lot of like ruckus and commotion um which is kind of crazy thinking about that now though i guess so we were like that close to something like that happening it's funny that i really don't think about it more um because was a terrible thing obviously but it's like we really that it's really weird that we were just right down the street you know what i mean basically
0: That's why I brought it up, because for me and my ex at the time, when we went to see you, phones were off or the Wi-Fi wasn't working in the venue at that time. So we actually didn't even hear about it until the entire show was over. And then we turned on our phones and then all, you know, all the people from out of state and everything were checking on us to make sure we were okay. Did you have any trouble leaving the city that night?
1: Um, If I remember correctly, I think we found out about it right before he went on i think it happened like a little before like right almost right before he went on stage i think that was probably about the time it happened i assume it um, might
0: have yeah i just know my phone yeah. was off the entire time so but i have no I idea
1: think, i think i found out about it like almost right like right when i was getting on stage or right when i was getting off but um it uh if i remember correctly we just drove like maybe like an hour outside the city mm-hmm. and we got a hotel ah, um okay well so we didn't even try because i i figured we weren't gonna really move much. Um. And I think we had a pretty long drive, but it was like the only real decision. I felt like if I think if I remember correctly, I just pretty much knew that if we tried like actually hitting the road, hitting the road, we probably weren't going to get too far. Um, Right. And I think we just made the decision to kind of stay outside of town and at a hotel somewhere for the night, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, it's probably smart. If you were an hour away, you wouldn't have been caught in the whole closed down of the city either.
1: Oh no! Yeah, we got out in time. Yeah. Yeah, so we were outside. We were at least an hour away, I think, or about an hour or something like that. Um, So we didn't have to deal with any of that. You know, by the morning, we had a pretty open road to drive.
0: You certainly did the right thing, that's for sure. But yeah, it's just weird to think about that because I have seen you a bunch of times, but then that's one of the reasons why I'll always remember that show is because I've never had it coincide with some tragic event happening at the yeah. same time.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I remember exactly where I was in school when, you know, 9-11 happened and stuff yep. like this. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of weird to think about it. Like, you know, I was right down the street on stage, you know, playing a show, you know, and during that. It's, it's crazy. It's just, it's actually really crazy to think about, you know, now that I'm actually sitting here thinking about it, you know,
0: <laughs> not to bring down the mood or anything, but it was just one of those things that I've always had on my mind. Whenever I think the bunny, the bear, it always just comes up because that's where I was.
1: Yeah, no, that's crazy. It it really is crazy. I mean, and definitely a story, you know. Um, definitely something I'll never forget. You know, even as you know, not being a Boston native or anything, where a lot of people I think probably don't think about that often. You know, it's not, if you're not from Massachusetts or you know, somewhere surrounding area. Um, but it's definitely something I'll probably never, you know, leave the back of my mind when you know, when thinking about you know, tragedies and attacks and stuff like that because it's just like it's such a coincidence i mean i get. i mean yeah i mean i can't really i guess that's the only real word to use it's strange thinking about it and it, it you know it's interesting thinking you know if we were just you know we were at some place further down the road we might have been there during all that you know chaos and oh sure uh you know it's it's this it's a it's a pretty heavy thing to think about i guess when you actually spend time thinking about it
0: yeah and i probably shouldn't have brought it up so early on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know? I was just thinking about that It came up because of the whole Drinking at shows and everything We'll try and transition out of that a little bit here
1: Oh, I said you're good, man Oh,
0: good I did want to ask I kind of wanted to circle back to the way we rest for a second So you had mentioned that A few of the songs you had kind of done When you weren't sober Is that something that you have a feeling That when people listen They would be able to tell the difference?
1: Um, I'm really not sure Just because I don't even know if I remember which songs they were. I mean, I could, I could pretty much try and name like maybe like one of them that I remember was like the first song we demoed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact of that, um, I don't really remember exactly which ones they were. Okay. Um, I mean, I know which I know a few that they weren't because I kind of make little references lyrically. Huh. Uh, and like the intro to the album, um, Rabbit Hole, um, it starts off with, a really kind of like low creepy voice, like reciting out of a book, which is actually me. We just kind of manipulate the voice and I was actually reciting past, like random lines of passages from the AA book, um, Hmm.
0: interesting. Okay. In the
1: background of like all the chaos going on. Um, so I know, you know, that was pretty much like right when I, you know, stopped. Um, but the fact that I really don't recall which ones, you know, kind of all blend together because it was such a long extended amount, dragged out amount of time that we recorded and worked on it. Um, they kind of all just blends together.
0: Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, from over a year and then all the stuff you were dealing with that totally makes sense. What are you going to do now for future touring? Because you put out obviously Love Lies as the first single. Why did you choose that track as the intro to the album for everyone? And what do you play live now?
1: Um, it's probably Love Lies. I don't know. I just thought it was a good well rounded song as far as like what the album has to offer musically. Um, it definitely is. And I guess lyrically too. I mean, it's not really about relationships. I mean, it is. Um, I mean, I know the video kind of shows a few different elements of different things, but, um, it's not really only about that. I mean, it's kind of about self you know, reflection Mm -hmm. more than I think, um, lyrically, um, you know, and there's a lot of stuff in there, you know, about drinking. There's there as well. One-liners about drinking issues and some other, uh, controlled substance issues, uh, and stuff like that. But there's definitely some vibrations relationships in there. But, um, I mean, I think it just kind of sums up the whole, like, overall atmosphere of the album, you know, lyrically and musically. Okay. Um, I mean, there's a few heavier songs on the album. And there's quite a few, you know, softer songs. So it's not like, you know, what the whole album doesn't sound like at all. But I think it's a nice, well, uh, kind of, I don't know. I think it's, I think it definitely hits like on every little aspect where we listen to that song you listen to another song and you'll be like oh yeah okay so I kind of knew what I was getting into right um, without it being like the whole album is not like identical to that kind of sound you know
0: well I wouldn't say oh. that you'd be typecast in any album that you've done
1: oh yeah it's pretty impossible I think this album's a lot more I mean to be honest with you, this album is a lot more um,
0: I don't know you know the
1: right word to use for it but it's a lot more focused musically okay so I think that you know it's not I know there's some albums were. You know, one song totally doesn't sound like it goes to the other song. But I think every song actually sounds like it belongs on the album. Like it sounds, this album, I would say. I mean, I think Food Chain's my only other album that maybe I would say kind of almost fits the mold of what I'm trying to say. But um, where it actually feels like it belongs, like it actually like feels like an album aside aside from not just like a random collection of like incoherent songs. You know, <laughs> like it's not bipolar. You know, sure. Um, it's it's very focused musically and lyrically. So, I think while while um there is like the oh that's surprising that's cool that just happened this kind of thing like element like there's on a lot of our albums. Um, I think overall each song fits with each other. Um, oh, yeah. And the placement um, on the album, I think it's I think it's probably our best flowing album by oh. far, like from track.
0: Obviously, I'm definitely looking forward to it. For your previous albums, and now this album as well, what's your normal writing dynamic? Because I think most people know that the band is made up of you as well as The Bear, and then you have musicians that have kind of come and gone throughout the process. So what's your normal writing dynamic for yourself? Well,
1: I mean, generally, with The Bunny and the Bear, the rule of thumb, I guess, has always been like, not to me, you know, the, you know, the less cooks in the kitchen, the better. Um, I feel like if it works, and it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, if that makes sense, Absolutely. but I've always been the primary writer. Um, I've really never, I don't think had a musician in the band, like a guitarist or bassist or anything who's actually written any of the music with me. Oh. Okay. Um, for this album, you know, um, you know, uh, it was a little more spread out. Like there was a lot of collaboration, you know, between a few people, but they weren't people involved really with the, with the band aside from, you know, Joseph, the singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I mean, generally with like this band, yeah, I mean, I would write everything and then I'd have, you know, studio musicians help with things um, as far as weighing down, you know, the parts that were written, et cetera. Um, and this one was just a little more, uh, I guess there was a little more, teamwork on certain, you know, on certain elements, certain tracks. Um, Joe definitely helped a lot. Yeah, and he, uh, laid down on quite uh, a few of like, his tracks guitars for me. Um, and another friend, it wasn't like the standard way. I'd usually do things because oh. I mean, every album before it was just me and my one producer I've always worked with, but I didn't even work with him on this album. Um, oh, wow. Okay. so, I mean, there was a lot of back and forth like with that, like, so it was, you know, there's a lot more teamwork in that aspect. Um, and i left a lot more freedom i think like for every other album whoever was my beer or my singer mm-hmm. you know yeah i write all the lyrics and i write the melodies and this and that but i mean usually i'm in the studio with them and it's really nitpicky like i'm like oh you didn't sing that the right way because i had like envisioned in my head you know what i mean like uh, I need to sure. it's my baby it's mine. but for this it was more like i was sending the lyrics to him and i was like call him on the phone eight times and he recorded his vocals himself in california and i'd be like oh okay this is how you know this he needs to be saying this and that and then he would end up sending me and there would be quite a few things that were different like melody wise um and stuff like that and i just let it all happen you know because oh. i really actually loved everything all the little changes and little uh you know subtle pieces thrown in so there was actually a, it was actually not as i'd say for this album wasn't as strict and controlled as oh, okay. you know i used i'm usually quite the like uh, I'm usually like the uh, studio Gestapo or something like it's gotcha. like really like I'm really like picky, picky, picky. But I think I just gave a little more creative freedom out. You know, I didn't really hold on to it so tight um, to a point where I popped blood vessels. Right. So I think, you know, and I'm, I'm, had, I'm I love how everything turned out. It just has so happens that uh, everyone who helped out with the Salmon anyway, we pretty much just kind of I think we're on the same mindset and artistically and creatively. Um with you know the direction albums going it kind of just all flowed but i mean general in, in general though it pretty much was the same process um as far as the writing goes and stuff you know minus a few tracks here and there and like parts of stuff um so it wasn't that different but it was a lot crazier and stricter and like i was a lot more like protective over like my idea of you know the sound for past albums for
0: sure Well, that's really interesting, actually. So was one of the reasons for bringing Joseph back as the Bear, was that because you thought possibly you could trust him to do some of those slight changes?
1: I mean, that wasn't one of the reasons at all. But it it turns out I can. (laughs) Um, But no, that wasn't really at all. I mean, honestly, I mean, I just, you know, even back then I've always liked, you know, Joseph's really talented in a lot of ways. Um, Absolutely comes um, to singing and production or writing or anything. Um, so, I mean, I've always seen him as a very uh, useful addition, you know, mm-hmm. like in every way. I think he has a lot to bring to the table. Um, but I think it was just more the right place at the time, bringing him back. Um, just things happened at a certain time and he was, you know, the first person that popped to mind um, and it just worked out. You know, I think when we worked together in the past briefly, we just were both weren't really in the right place where, we kind of clashed. It wasn't really, there wasn't something that felt natural, you Uh, know, and not like it does now.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting process and I guess that is one thing I wanted to get into as well. Do you get a lot of fan reaction based on what bear you have for what album or what tour you've been on? Because I actually think on each The Bunny, The Bear tour that I've seen you guys, it's been with each one of the four bears. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's
1: weird. Like I feel like fans really as far as the beer, the beer is concerned, I don't think they have given much of a shit aside from the, the, the change to Haley. When I did, well, the, yeah. The group, yeah, that was a little too drastic.
0: I mean, I'm sure just like me, I saw her live and fell in love. So that probably happened to most people as well.
1: Well, yeah, I think that was probably like one of the more redeeming factors of that whole period. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I took a pretty big turn musically with the album. It was a lot more indie, alt Rocky, I think it um, was a little bit. That's true. Keyboard focused. Um, and I think that, you know, kind of rubbed a few people the wrong way. A few people are rubbed the right way, you know, but yeah. um, I think that was just in general the most drastic change for the band, that album probably. Um, Absolutely. Um, so I guess I really can't even, you know, say that's probably the worst received, like, as far as, like, the singers. But I feel like that everyone else, you know, a lot of people don't even know the difference. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird because, like, I can pick, obviously, voices out on L, and I can pick who's who, and I'm sure a lot mm-hmm. of people can when they listen, but live, it seems like, kids who haven't been paying attention and don't see my one post of saying, Oh, this person's singing for me. Um, kids will come out to shows and be like, Oh, it's so nice to see you with the original bear. Like I got that <laughs> a few times when I'm in shows with Joe. Yeah. And I just don't think like, Oh, awesome man. Happy you're out." <laughs> like, right. Because it's more, for me, like the whole, "plenty of beer thing is more of a, uh, ideal then idea then it, it's not so much i don't know like i don't think it really i mean for me i think it's because just because it's always been my my baby and kind of my brainchild right. that like i don't really see the difference but i mean i know i understand like certain voices are hard to you know it's hard to you know top you know people's preferences on you know even this you know the littlest you know subtleties in the voice um so i understand where kids are coming from but i, I guess i just never doubt it as a big thing at least switching from guy to guy sure, um, right just because like i feel like a lot of people the people who do get upset and they're like they blame like a sound or something like um like they're like oh like
2: you're really good
1: when i mean like doing christmas in the band <laughs> and well, i'm like dude well our next album would sound whatever way it's going to sound whether or not he was here or not, like, right. I'm just, like, the melodies are going to be whatever I come up with and you know, sing sing, you know, when those days, or you know, I mean, it would pretty much be like aside from the voice, but I guess I don't really look at that because I mean, there is quite a difference, you know, um, in just like tone and stuff like that. And I understand, you know, being more privy to certain styles of singing, sure. um, like voice type. But there really hasn't been a, much of an issue, honestly. I think most of the males that I've had... Um, I mean, Chris has only been... He's been the only one really full-time. Yeah. Um, Except um, So everyone else is pretty much just a tour fill-in. But whenever I had people like that, um, even like a tour ago, like Joseph couldn't make it last minute, and I had to bring this kid Joey on Brian's Without and he crushed it but he sang everything even like a half octave lower a lot of parts yeah. and he killed it and a lot of kids, a lot of people didn't even know you know it's just i guess it's just you know with the mask And as long as you i think <laughs> we bring i think it's just the bunny the bear is just the bunny the bear and right. i mean i don't think it's it's not just the voice i mean people only see it as that aren't seeing what i was going for and what the whole picture is um you know that it's it's an entity of its own you know it's like You know, um, I mean, yeah, maybe it'll end one day, you know, and it'll probably be, you know, when I die or I just go crazy. But (laughs) until then, it's going to keep going, you know, and it's not just about who's singing my words and bringing Mm -hmm. across my ideas with me. There's more to it.
0: Yeah, that is the big point, I think. And I think that's what fans have known for a long time is that this is your creation and it didn't matter as much it's a very interesting dynamic that you bring to the group having the extremely high vocalists and then with you bringing the growls and other uncleans and cleans to the mix as well. So some people, especially live, like you said, would not be able to tell that difference. But it's good to know that you're the one who's making the melodies. You're the one that's setting everything up. So it's always going to be the bunny, the bear. Yeah. And,
1: you know, and that's like, I guess I never really thought of it that way. Like, until of like, a couple years back like i said i was working with my one producer doug white who's a good friend of mine um mm-hmm. and he you know he would produce everything with me and play all guitars and stuff like that and, you know i would do side projects like my ovary stuff which is a lot yep. more like I guess rapping and stuff like that but like he would always just say why don't you just roll these all together This and he's like he's like he's like and i was like oh it's gotta be a new band new project I have 50 of them and he's like <laughs> he's like you're really and he's like it's just the bunny the bear is like all the stuff we're doing it's just you know i mean it's the same thing should really just you know it's just i guess it's just the way you look at it you know i mean you could be i don't think it's so much like a band where you know six dudes get in a room and write together where it is important where if, if that guitarist leaves or this and that there's gonna be a whole change in everything oh, you know
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's not gonna be the same it's not like that with the bunny the bear you know because it's all when it comes down to it you know whether or not you know this new album or not. we're like You know joseph you know joseph and others you know helped constructively write you know material and stuff um when it comes down to it like it all passes through this whacked out thing in my head you know (laughs) and you know my current mood and placement in life um so there's a consistency to it even though the music is so different because I just have these different weird ideas of what I want to sound like. What every once in a while, like, even though the music changes so severely at times and this and that, there's still this consistency where you can listen to it and be like, oh, that's the Bunny the Bear. Right. And I still feel that way, even with like a liar wrote this and like a Haley track. Mm I still feel like there's a sound where it just, it's the Bunny the Bear. And maybe that's just me because I, you know, (laughs) my band and I just recognize all the stuff, but maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But I guess that's how I think of it, you know, whether right or wrong. You know, I
0: don't know. I actually, I think you're absolutely right, but I think what's interesting for the audience to hear, especially if they have not heard the Bunny the Bear before, is that I talk to a lot of bands, obviously, on this show, and you're probably one of the most unique because every other band is so completely different with that writing process And the longevity that you've had to continue doing that. So it's interesting to hear all that behind-the-scenes stuff of how you're writing and how you're producing. Having that same producer and then you being that constant as well is a lot different than what you said. Six guys going into a room for years, they do that, and then you lose someone. And then that changes the entire dynamics of the band.
1: But, yeah, I mean, I was just saying, like, yeah, I think that's the thing. There's, like, these bands, and I don't even know, like, the ones have been around same lineup for, like, over 10 years. I'm like, how did they do it? If somebody cooks in the kitchen and they haven't killed each other and they all get along, <laughs> I'm like, I've never, I mean, maybe I've just never had a real friendship or something. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe friendship collides too much in my head. I don't know. But it's like, I just don't, I respect them because it's like, that's the one thing I think that, you know yes i think i've probably you know had a lot more people in and out of this project than most bands ever integration i would but, agree. <laughs>
0: um,
1: i think maybe that switch comes a easier and i just let things you know go your own way you know no drama the better um i think i just let that happen easier just because i know that i don't have to worry about keeping this person there because oh my god my sounds you know everything's going to change you know the band it's going to be over i mean there has been times like that but i think the only time i really felt that way is maybe the few times Chris came and, you know, went I didn't know how people were going to receive uh, yeah. someone new. But then once I realized that, you know, my fan that I have some of the most dedicated, you know, cr- crazy hardcore fans <laughs> in the world that like these kids, stick I mean, no matter what. And that's oh, yeah. something I love about, them. you know, it, it, it makes it a lot less stressful for me, I guess. Like having, you know, worrying about something changing because I know these kids are extremely supportive no matter what I'm doing, you know, I could probably go on the van page and be dead. You know, I made a joke post a day ago. Um, someone made a meme of like one of my, my bassist, um, looking all like serious tough guy, hardcore. And it said mm-hmm. like, it said like T V T B hardcore. And it said like something, something, it was something like straight up, like it made us look like, a, it looked like it'd be on like a straight edge, hardcore band. Shirt. Sure. So <laughs> I made a post on Facebook and I was like, I was like, just so everyone knows, I made a decision that, you know, from now on, the Bunny and the Bears would be a straight-edge hardcore band, this and that. And it was totally a joke, you know what I mean? And that's right. what kind of did. Vegan too? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be vegan vegan too. Yeah, you're right. Um, and a lot of kids didn't catch that. I was joking, I don't think. And there were actually a lot of people were like, hell yeah, man, just keep doing what you do. Can't wait to hear it. Like, and I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know. But I was just that's what I'm saying. It's like these kids are very, you know, hardcore, and they, you know, we have a very unique, I think, fan base. And that is that, you know, the fans who get it and get what I've been trying to do, mm-hmm. and they connect with something in that I do. I don't understand why, because you know, I'm just a crazy dude, you know, just um, writing music, you know. But those kids who connect, like they, they feel like, a, like it's like a, un, it's like not separate. You can't, be, they can't separate themselves from it. Like it becomes part of their life, and. That's something, like, that's why I just, you know, I've been extremely blessed in that aspect. So um, I think I'd lost track of, you know, really <laughs> what we were talking about. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just a weird thing. I just think this band is unique in a few ways, you know. And I'm not, like, it's not like a braggy way of, like, oh, we should be a rock and roll hall of fame unique. Because I think a lot of uniqueness probably is what holds the band back from going to a larger, you know, level and reaching more fans. But I'm fine with that because, you know, the people it connects with are, you know, are, they're they're not a dime a dozen, you know what I mean? They're not right. you know a, a rock band who listens to every single band who listens, oh, I listen to Birmingham Horizon, and Asking Alexandria, Pierce the Veil. Vale. No, <laughs> these kids, a lot of these kids listen to totally different music, and we're like that one band with the screaming, you know, or we're this, and that. they connect for different reasons, but their personal, really personal, heartfelt reasons, you know, right. they actually get something out of it, and it's something I'll never understand, <laughs> but it's something I appreciate, you know, the blessing.
0: Yeah, if anything. I mean the biggest adjective you said there, unique is the way I would always talk about the bunny the bear for sure.
1: Yeah. You know, I appreciate that too, you know, and like I said, it's not always a good thing, you know. But <laughs> that's how you're looking at it, you know. Um, you know, I mean maybe not market you know, mar- marketability, like being marketable, it's not like it's not the best thing in the world is to be some crazy band, you know, always changing sounds this much and that much. You never know what they're gonna do next and you know, with unstable front man, like it's like it's not always the best thing. Being unique, You're like as far as being a huge band or you know filling arenas, but you know it's something that the kids who connect they connect, you know the way they do, and it. so it's a very powerful connection.
0: Absolutely, one of my favorite things to do is when I have your music playing, maybe in my day job or you know around whatever. When a person hears you and like, wow, what is that? and I just explain what the bunny the bear is, it's hilarious to see how people react to it. Because some people just absolutely love the gimmick and the concept right away, and other people do not understand at all what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, my bad. My bad. I get a good conversation piece.
0: I love it. I personally love it. I remember seeing you the first time with the masks and everything, and just wondering what was going on, and I connected instantly. And I've been there since the beginning. So you definitely have me for a fan. I'm immensely enjoying talking about all this behind the scenes stuff. So there's nothing to apologize to me for, that's for sure.
1: Well and I appreciate you sticking along so you know, so long, man. You've been there since the star, you were there. Come on, you were there for the bombing too. You have been, been there, you've been there for everything, man. You were there in Boston, you are there. You know, so I appreciate it. Like you're you know, you're one of the people I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And just like you said, you explain what the bunny of there is. I feel like a lot of us, our fans too, like our dads would probably explain what this band is in a completely different way. You know? Absolutely. I mean, same damn connection, which is something, like I said, I can't even comprehend, but it's amazing. You know, and I'm blessed to even, you know, have that as part of my life, you know what I mean?
0: Well, let me ask you this, just to go back a little bit in time here. What actually got you started? I know this is a completely different topic than what we were on just a second ago, but what got you started in music anyways? I mean, you're doing not only the Bunny and the Bear, but you have side projects. You put out your book, Serving for Color as well what brought you into all this in the first place
1: i don't even know um i don't know man i just started <laughs> playing 15 or something and i don't know really what happened since then you know it just my uh crazy mind brings me all these little ideas of things i want to do and i go with them they all end up going way further than i expect them to um you know and it just happened you know i just you know i was another, another local kid just trying to be in a local band and you know, you know. One day I said to start a band called The Bunny of Air and walk around the, run around a plastic bunny mask. You know, like a obnoxious asshole. And this, you know, and here we are. You know, uh, almost ten years later now.
0: Right. You know? Yeah. It's
1: crazy. Ten, ten damn years. You know, what I mean, I'm 28. and am like, ten years of my life have been so, you know, put fully into this band.
0: So That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Well, to get started in that and, you know, to have everything flow through your head as you were mentioning, since you are so unique, any bands that kind of shaped the type of music that you wanted to put out there? I don't
1: know because I don't know if I really knew what I wanted to put out there. I was just writing whatever came out, I was just making a song. You oh, know okay. what I mean? Um mm-hmm. like I grew up on a lot of different music. Like I was like a diehard AFI fan at V M T. I've, you know, I've always been I brand new fans. Sure, I like stuff like Chicago and Fleetwood Mac too. I listen to Michael Bolton. So <laughs> it really doesn't make sense. And maybe if you threw it all together in a blender, then maybe if you took certain elements or anything and put it together, you know, maybe you have this, I guess. But I don't know because I've never, res- I've never restricted myself to an idea of what I really wanted to sound like. You know, I just start writing for an album, and that's why I say like the album changes. It's not so much me deciding I want the sound to sound like this and the sound sound like that. It's more of just where the writing takes it. Oh, you're good. I just don't even like restrict myself. I've never restricted myself mentally or emotionally where I'm like, this next album, I want to sound like this. And I've never restricted myself in a manner where I'm like, this next album has to sound like that last album.
0: And I think that's the best way to do it because it's like you said before, all of these albums may be different and may be all over the place, but they still have that the bunny, the bear element to them that makes you remember that it's you.
1: Yeah, like, it's really, I just don't really feel like any of our albums sound exactly like another band. And I feel like, sadly, there's too many bands that sound exactly identical today. Enough to a point where, like, if I'm not privy to music these days, really, and what bands are big in the scene and that, but I'm sure you can probably put a handful of bands in a genre in front of me, I wouldn't, unless I know the vocalist voice or something, like something like Craig going, something unique like that, sure. or, you know, Johnny Craig, something like that, like, I don't think I'd be able to really, it'd take quite a bit of listening for me to figure out who the hell the band was, and be able to direct, you know, differentiate, like, between some of them, you know?
0: How do you choose the people that go out on tour with you then, or friends of yours? Is that kind of the way you do it?
1: Um, sometimes he's been friends of mine. Sometimes I have someone playing guitar for me and he's like, they're like, Oh, this guy will play for his play. For the next tour. I'm just like, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I think that's just happened the last like three tours. Um, my one current guitarist just keeps uh, giving me a touring band. I don't even meet most of the people until I, the first show.
0: Oh, um, gotcha. Okay.
1: To be honest. And, and you know, it just seems to work out. Maybe it's, maybe it's just working out a lot better now because I'm not drinking and I'm a lot easier to be around, Oh, sure. probably to be around. Now. I don't know. I'm not sure because my girlfriend just made a funny face when I said that. <laughs> but but you know what I mean. I don't. Maybe that's why. You know. Maybe that's why I think it's just been the last few months. You know. Um. But yeah, it's not really. I think I used to. You know, it used to be like a Facebook post. where I'm a guitarist. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh,
0: this kid hates me now.
1: No, <laughs> not so much my friends though, because I don't really have that many friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny to hear someone say that. That's all.
1: Oh, I'm just honest.
0: No, it's like for a lot of this stuff, I didn't want it to seem like this was Ian hates therapy.
1: Yeah, exactly, that's it's very like, funny. Actually, I've
0: look, I've loved it. I've, so,
1: like, I'm close with you know, I I'd say there's probably three or four people aside from my girlfriend that I could call a friend. Yeah, you know I man.
0: Right. No, I can certainly understand that bringing up old stuff. I had similar things from being an Air Force brat and having to move around all the time. So it's the same for uh-huh. me as well.
1: Well, I'm sure that was chaotic. I couldn't imagine
0: that. It definitely is. But that's what music got me through all that stuff. And that's why I do these shows and everything, because I love connecting that way.
1: Well, that's awesome. So you found your thing and, you know, you kept it together. You know, a lot of people couldn't handle that kind of life, especially growing up, you know?
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Um, because I just looked at the clock and I know that you are extremely busy. You had said you fill your time with a ton of different stuff besides music. You have the book we talked about, Starving for Color, and we talked about that a little bit on the previous recording. What else do you do then for fun? Like, are you a movie person? Is there anything you <laughs> really enjoy doing?
1: Um, ah. Well, yeah, I mean, we mentioned that before. You know, I put out a book, um... I don't know if that was so much something I enjoyed doing. I mean, I'm finishing the second one, but oh, wow. okay. it's, more, it's more something that I just felt like I had to do. It's stuff I had to get out. So that's not something I really enjoy. Um, gotcha. I mean, I enjoy it, but not like you're saying. Um, I guess things I do for fun. Movies, yeah, I guess. I mean, you just say that. Um, My idea of fun is getting the band shit done as much as I can during the day. Cause like I said, I really have a bad attention stand and I'm really bad with getting, you know, staying on task. Um, but you know, and, and then, you know, being able to just relax, you know, lay down with a girl and watch some crime shows and, you know, and that's about it or watch a movie. But like, that's really all I, I really do for fun. I mean, we'll do stuff like go camping or something like that, you know, and spend a weekend doing something like that, which is nice. Get out of my mind for a little bit. Um, but aside from that, I don't really have any hobbies. I guess there's stuff I do for fun. <laughs> aside from, you know, it really is really probably movies. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, just, I'm a movies. You know, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not stressing myself out over something having to do with the band or the book, right? Or uh, you know, one of my eighty-two side projects. Yes. Um yes. <laughs> They come and go every other month. Um, <laughs> then you know, it's just family time.
0: No, that makes total sense. It absolutely does. Well, before we... And now,
1: and now that my son's with me, you know, it's, it's time with him too. So ah. like, that's pretty much, you know, that's a, that's really it.
0: Yeah, that would end up taking up a lot of time, I would assume.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, he's not too bad. You know, he does his own thing here. But, but you know, it's time that I want to spend because I haven't had enough time with him. I've, you know, especially with how much I focus on his band, I've, you know, sacrificed a lot of time with him. So I've been taking it really slow lately, just trying to really kind of get back some of that lost time. Um, which is nice, you know, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's really, if it's not band stuff these days or the writing stuff, it, you know, the girl and the kid.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. And those are times obviously that you don't want to miss. Are you planning no. the next tour after the way we rust comes out?
1: I mean, to be honest, all I have booked right now is a show in Puerto Rico. Um, hey, there you go. Okay. But I, I, I need to, I need to start this week, actually booking something for like end of April, early May or something, you know, it's a short run. Um, Talking to some people out of country about some out of country stuff, but that's it. This is the first time I don't have tour after tour after tour after tour planned. That's you know what I was what I mean? about to say.
0: Yeah, I expected to look at the so, tour schedule and see Boston on the list, and there's no tour schedule. Oh no, it's
1: not there. I'm not going back to Boston. Sorry, dude.
0: <laughs> what happened? <laughs> now,
1: now that I remember, now that you know, now that I remember you're from there, I'm at no. Oh, I understand. Um, Boston'll be there as long. I'm done with those mayonnaise shows, though.
0: Yeah, okay. no, no, no. Those don't, those don't work. I know. I would, I would really prefer to see they you at night.
1: They don't work in any way. No. Um, but, um, you know, and especially not drinking. I don't think I can handle playing that at two p.m. Um, Absolutely but, not. Uh, they'll come. They'll come. I've just been, like I said, I've been trying to focus and prioritize elsewhere. I guess. Um, and I've just been trying to have more time at home. Makes so, total sense. i mean, I've down terribly over the last year and a half like a lot um but i mean i realize like there's definitely a lot of shows i have to play especially with the new album dropping but as of right now i've been behind is what i'm trying to say and right. i have a lot to do so thank you for reminding me oh no. and make it a little more stressful
0: no, that, that is what i do believe me that is what i do well, what i'll what i'll do to make things a little bit easier at least is i will have links in the description of this episode so that people can buy the book they can pre-order the new album they can get the rarities as well and everything else that you've got coming out so we'll definitely have that that you rock thank oh, you man. no problem at all but for right now what's the best way for people to support you
1: um, I mean, I would definitely say, uh, just pre-order a new album. I mean, it's definitely important, especially after such a long, you know, break between releases and you're not having such a powerhouse like Victory behind us with the promotion. Um, I mean, I would definitely say it won't disappoint. Uh, pre-order the new album, you know, you could do it on merchbucket.com or thewaywerust.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and that would probably be the best thing I'd say right now, you know, or pick, you know, check out the Love Lies music video and repost it and make everyone on your Facebook just like you, but do it. <laughs> you know, that, you know, that's probably the most I could ask for at this point.
0: Sounds great. Yeah. We talked about Love Lies when it premiered on the weekly show and we were all about it. So we're definitely looking forward to the new album. The Way We Rust comes out on March 17th. Through needful things, and like I said, I'll have all those links. I will definitely have it because I am so looking forward to this, Matt. Thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate no,
1: it. it. Like I appreciate the patience because we've tried so many times. I do. I appreciate the support too. You know, hearing you're such a big fan. Oh, so it really does. You know, it really does mean a lot to me. We'll have to do another one after you hear the albums. So you can tell me if you hate it.
0: Oh, for sure. But there's absolutely no way. Not possible. Oh, very
1: <laughs> I thought there's no way it's so good. There's no way it's so
0: good. It has to be. Matt, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. We'll have everything all set. So thank you again, man.
1: No, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Lying
3: bare across the floor can take the silence anymore and it feels like I've lost
0: Welcome back, everyone. The song you heard coming out of the conversation was the second single from The Way We Rust. It's called I Am Free. That was really awesome having Matt on the show. I really enjoyed learning all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I'm sure you enjoyed that as well. They are really such a unique band, and obviously I'm a huge fan, so it's great to hear all of that. Make sure to support Matt and the Bunny the Bear by going to their website, tbtbofficial.com. There you can find every way to pre-order the new album, to get the Rarities album, to get Starving for Color, Matt's book that we mentioned briefly. I will also have links in the description of this episode to make things very easy for you. So make sure you support Matt. I'd like to thank Matt once again for being on the show. Can't wait to catch up with him again can't wait to see him on tour again and i'd also like to thank kathleen from needful things records for setting all this up it was much appreciated i could go on and on about how much i love the bunny the bear but i think you heard most of that in the conversation so i'm going to leave it at that for now especially cuz i am still under the weather but a couple last things you can also support ian hate's music if you enjoy conversations like that follow the links in the description of this episode as well I also have a Ian Hates Music weekly show where my co-host Jackson and I go through all the news of the scene, album reviews, metalcore, post-hardcore, electroniccore, all the cores. It's all there. We know you'll enjoy it. So make sure to tune in for that as well. Everything is free, and we have a lot of fun doing it, and we hope that you enjoy it as well. So I'm going to leave you with one final track. This isn't off The Way We Rust. This is from... If you don't have anything nice to say, I'm going to leave you with Ocean Floor. But I want to remind you one last time, The Way We Rust comes out Friday, March 17th. Make sure to pre-order it. Pick it up. Do what you have to to support the bunny, the bear. This album is going to be amazing. I can't wait. So we'll finish up with Ocean Floor, and I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.